On this episode of the Get Stoked Podcast, I'll swing right into the NFL Draft, which happened last Thursday, as well as the Stanley Cup playoffs, and boy, they are tremendous. It is action-packed, very entertaining hockey, as well as the NBA playoffs, Miami versus Philadelphia, and so much more. You'll find that and a little sneak peek of what's to come at the end on this episode. Here we go. podcast i'm austin sokol your host and what a wild week this has been truly it has been amazing it has been a roller coaster to kick things off from last weekend we had the nfl draft and then starting this weekend we have the stanley cup playoffs with teams like pittsburgh against new york rangers colorado versus nashville and a whole slew of other teams and in the NBA, we are into the East and West semifinal rounds, such as Miami against Philadelphia, Golden State against Memphis, Phoenix versus Dallas, and Milwaukee versus Boston. It is truly an amazing few weeks for sports. The last time this happened where it was an amazing week for sports was March Madness, so it wasn't too long ago, but it felt like forever now. And before before I started recording this episode, I thought to myself, you know, I typically do Tuesdays through Friday. And I actually thought about this Tuesday. And I was thinking to myself, you know, why not I just combine the two? I had a great high note of an episode last week with the interview with Coach Mitchell. That was fantastic. I really enjoyed speaking with him about his team, about what he does a little bit, his background. So it was, it was a good note to end on for the week. And there's no way I could top it on Tuesday. So I thought, you know, let's just combine the two. Kick things off with the NFL draft. Yes, it happened last Thursday. And I have to say, NFL draft was pretty good. The Detroit Lions, I would give them an A plus for their picks. Uh, Jets, I would give a B plus. Not too far behind. Uh, but I would give the Patriots. Oh my goodness, the Patriots. What are you doing? I would give them a C plus, maybe a C. And I'll dive that in a second. But first, before I do that, I would like to recap the top 10 draft picks from the NFL, which was truly expected, uh, to say the least. And I think that's a proper, it could be a proper word for it. And I guess you could say, a whole lot of things about the NFL draft uh, but Detroit surely got the man they wanted and they traded up to get another man that they wanted and I have to say it was I didn't really follow it too closely I followed it closely enough where it was a very very good draft uh, it could have been a whole lot better for some teams, but others, stellar job. Outstanding job. It was it was truly awesome. So, without further ado, for the number one pick, of course, we all know by now, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. He goes to Jacksonville State 
At number two, we have Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan going to Detroit. Number three, we have Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU going to Houston. And then number four, we have Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati going to the Jets. Number five, we have Kavion Thibodeau from Oregon going at fifth. And then number six, we have Akeem Ekonu out of NC State going to the Panthers. Number nine, we have the Giants again with Evan Neal from Alabama. Number eight, Drake London out of USC going to the Hawks, or excuse me, not the Hawks, the Falcons. Number nine, Charles Cross out of MSU, Mississippi State, not Michigan State, going to Seattle. And number 10, we had Garrett Wilson going to the Jets out of Ohio State. And this first top 10 slew of picks was, it was to be expected. It really was. Uh, the Jaguars really could have picked Hutchinson. He was probably the best player in a lot of people's minds. Uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, they they wanted Walker. And this was his post-draft analysis. I'm go- only going to do a few of them where this is on the NFL Draft website on ESPN, uh, stating that Walker's versatility makes him an excellent fit for first-year coordinator Mike Codwell's multiple front defense. His upside as a pass rusher would give the ja- uh, the Jags' rush a much-needed boost. His ability to line up anywhere along the defensive front and drop on passing downs will make it easier for Codwell to mask from where he's bringing pressure and who is dropping into coverage. It'll also help Codwell create favorable pass rush matchups. Jacksonville's defense was tied for 27th in sacks last season with 32 sacks, despite blitzing at the fifth highest rate in the NFL and needed someone to complement 29th first round pick Josh Allen. Not the quarterback, the other defensive edge that Jacksonville has. And I'm, I'm probably going to only do the top three, so Walker, Hutchinson, and Stingley. And this is, this is what they had to say about Hutchinson. Hutchinson is a dream fit in the Lions' 4-3 defensive scheme run by coordinator Aaron Glenn. He'll immediately line up as a starter, most likely at right defensive end, and move Charles Harris to a rotational pass rusher role. As aggressive as Glenn wants his defense to be in coverage, Hutchinson's ability to play all three downs and get to the quarterback right out of the gate makes him Detroit's perfect draft pick. And yes, he's coming out of Michigan, so the Michigan man is staying home. And Detroit might see a boost in Michigan attendance because he is now the only player on the Detroit's football team that is from Michigan. They did have a few in the past, but they traded them off or cut them from their roster. But I have to say, you might get a a little boost of attendance and a little more incentive for Michigan fans to go. And this post-draft analysis hit it right on the head. He is a dream pick, dream fit for the Lions. And everyone in the Detroit Lions faithful fan base knew they were going to get Hutchinson. And uh, the Lions were a little bit in trouble when they (laughs) pushed in their pick too fast, and the NFL did not like it. And, you know, I say this to the NFL, screw off. Who cares? You guys are being a little crybabies just because we wanted Hutchinson over Walker or Thibodeau. And sorry. Sucks to suck. 
But yeah, I'm glad he's with the Lions. Uh, he's going to be a very good fit on a very rebuilding squad. And I'd really love to see what he can do. And then moving on now to Derek Stingley from LSU. This is his post-draft analysis. Houston is a team that lacks talent all over, and Stingley gives them a true CB1, or quarterback number one. The question with Stingley isn't his ability, but his availability. If he can return to his 2019 form after missing 13 games over the past two seasons, whoa, Stingley has a chance to quickly turn into one of the best corners in the NFL. You have to catch Jalen Ramsey first before you have to be the one of the best. Lovey Smith is notorious for playing a cover two scheme, which makes the fit from a scheme standpoint questionable. Stingley is more of a man-to-man corner. And yeah, after seeing some video and film on Stingley, he is a very very good one-on-one corner, a lot like Jalen Ramsey is. And will he adapt to this cover two st- scheme? That's very good question, uh, but we'll definitely see. Uh, as, of course, he's going to be a rookie. He has a lot to learn from Houston. And, of course, we shall see when we shall see come in September. And with the NFL draft, there was... I have to say a lot of questionable questionable picks especially in the first round for New England who they let's just say they picked a very interesting player for their first pick which was Cole Strange out of Chattanooga who's an offensive guard now Cole Strange was projected to be a third round pick second tops and, of course, he was a definite need for the Patriots as their O-line lost Joe Thune in 2021 and Ted Karras' offseason to free agency. But picking him first overall for the New England's total picks, I don't know. It was kind of questionable. It really was. But I have to say, this whole this draft was it's one for the books. Pretty typical. There wasn't really anyone that stood out definitely other than maybe Aiden Hutchinson but next year will be the one to watch as we have CJ Stroud possibly going to the draft we have the Heisman winner from Alabama going as well as potentially potentially QB two or one McCarthy out of Michigan and it's going to be a very quarterback heavy draft next year And we'll see what happens next year. But this draft is one for the books. Switching from the field to the ice now, we have the Stanley Cup playoffs. And yes, they did not play last night. Actually, no, I take that back. They did play last night where, uh, let's see here. This, I'm looking at Fridays. Let's recap to Thursdays, shall we? So we had Pittsburgh at New York. And the Rangers won 5-2, tying up the series 1-1 at Madison Square Garden. And I have to say, before I continue, these matchups are outstanding. They make a hockey fan's dream come true. My goodness gracious. Next one, we had 
the Florida Panthers destroying the Capitals five to one, tying up the series one to one in Florida. Then that series will go on to Washington. Next one on the list was Colorado Avalanche versus the Nashville Predators. And Nashville, they tied it up in the first period, and there was nothing going on in the second and third periods. But until overtime, yes, overtime, Avalanche won it in overtime on a stellar win. But I want to see Nashville win this series because as a Detroit Red Wings fan, I have my reservations about the Avalanche. Colorado, they are not the friendliest team to the Red Wings. They're not the friendliest team in general. And I hope the Nashville Predators win, even though they are down to nothing, as hockey is, of course, a game of momentum. Next game on the four-game list, we had Dallas against Calgary. And this series tied 1-1, to ladies and gentlemen. The Stars win 2 to nothing over the Flames in Calgary, and then this rivalry will be heading back to Dallas. And then moving on to tonight, Friday, May 6th. Isn't May already? Wow. Time really flies. We had Boston hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. They are down 2 to nothing. where the line is Boston, negative 140, over under as 5.5 for the Bruins. With them being at TD Garden in Boston, I, I could see this one going to Boston's favor very quickly. The Hurricanes, they are strong. Don't get me, don't get me wrong on that. They are a strong team, and I would love to see the Bruins win three to one over the Hurricanes, just to say, hey, we're not going away quietly. So I'm going to say three to one for the Bruins. That is at seven o'clock on TNT. Next game on the list is at seven thirty on TBS at Emily Arena. The Tampa Bay Lightning host the Toronto. Maple Leafs and this series is one to one and all these are game three by the way uh the series is tied one to one for lightning and the Leafs Tampa Bay is favored negative 120 excuse me, my nose did something there for a second my apologies and the over under is six and a half with this being in Tampa and Tampa being the reigning champions I could say this one goes six to two in the lightning's favor just back-to-back-to-back shots. Insane amount of hockey play from the Lightning. I'm going to go 6-2 in favor of the Lightning, where they have a 2-1 to lead over the Maple Leafs. Next game on the list, it will be in St. Louis. Minnesota Wild travel down to the gateway to the west to visit the Blues, where the series is tied 1-1. to And the line is in St. Louis's favor, negative 125. Over-under is 6.5, and I really like the Blues for this series. They are kind of my bandwagon team because the Kraken aren't in it and the Red Wings aren't in it, so the Blues are my default option. I'm going to say this one goes into overtime, 4-3, to three, shootout. Actually, it's going to go past overtime. It's going to go into a shootout in favor of St. Louis. They will win 4-3. to three. This is at 9.30 on TNT. Next game on the list, last but certainly not least, we have the Edmonton Oilers visiting the LA Kings. Two heavy hitters in the West. Oilers tying up the series 1-1 in Los Angeles. 
the line is in favor of Edmonton, negative 145, and the over-under is 6.5. I could see the Oilers pulling off the road win, but I could also see the Kings pulling off the home win. So I will go 3-2 to two in overtime Oilers. It's going to be a momentum pendulum. It is going to go back and forth, back and forth, shots on each end of the rink. It's going to be mayhem. There's going to be big misses, going to be close misses. There's going to be wide misses. There's going to be insane goals. But Edmonton, I have you winning this one 3-2 to two in overtime. And that is a little bit of a rundown for Friday. And then quickly on to Saturday, which is from Thursday's games, we have the Panthers starting at 1 o'clock on ESPN. Why is that the only one on ESPN today on Saturday? I guess so. 1 o'clock ESPN. Panthers are in Washington. Series is tied 1-1. to The line is Florida, negative 200. Over under is 6.5. I'd say the Panthers win this series three games to one. Or four to one, excuse me. Panthers, they're going to win this game three, two, one in Washington. And then at 4.30 p.m. on TNT, Avalanche is hosting Nashville, where Colorado has a 2-0 lead. Colorado is up for the line at negative 2.30. Over-under is six and a half. And Predators, they're going to try to cut it close, but this one is going to go into overtime once again, and the Avalanche will clinch the win 2-1 to one in Nashville. Then at 7 o'clock on TNT, we have the New York Ranger, Rangers excuse me, visiting Pittsburgh, where the line is the Rangers are at negative 125, over-under is 6. Penguins, I'm going to have you guys in favor of this one. You guys are going to win 3-1 to one in Pittsburgh. Then last but not least, we have Calgary and in Dallas, line is Calgary negative 160. And these last two series are tied one apiece. And the over-under is five and a half. Uh, Dallas, I can't see you winning this one at home. I really can't. You guys are very unpredictable as a team. Calgary, you will win this one five, two, three. And that does it for the NHL scorecard. Up next is the NBA. Stay tuned. Now, moving on to the NBA scorecard. We did not have anything happen on Thursday night, but tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN, we have Miami traveling to the 76ers where the Miami Heat have a 2-0 series lead over Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the 76ers. This game, of course, is at 7 p.m. Miami is a 1.5-point favorite, and the over-under is 210.5. My goodness, wow. The big question for this night is, is Joel Embiid going to be healthy for this game? Because he has an orbital fracture in his right eye after getting smacked in game one. Actually, I believe in the last series where he's been unable to play against the Heat this far. So that's the big question for this matchup. I have Miami winning this one in a very close game. It's going to be 120 to 117, three-point game. Miami's going to have a commanding 3-0 lead. And then this next game, the Sixers are going to make it 3-1, make it a little interesting. Then at 9.30 tonight on ESPN as well in Dallas, the Suns are traveling to the Mavericks. And Dallas here is a one-point favorite after the Suns took a two-point lead. Luka Doncic is going to need all the help he can get. He's been getting manhandled 
by the Heat, by all those pick and rolls, as his defense has been a little lacklustering the past two games. And can he keep up and get the help he needs to actually defend Devin Booker? That is the big question for this matchup. I have the Suns potentially losing this game. I could see that this could go either way. I really like the Suns for this matchup. And they will probably win 116 to 110. This is probably the most is going to be a six-point difference as Dallas is going to make a late-game push with probably four and a half minutes left to go in the game. The Suns are going to have to call a timeout about three minutes left in the game. If that actually happens, I will be very surprised. So don't count me on it, but that is coming up at 9.30. Then on Saturday, we have a few more games, such as at 3.30 p.m. in Milwaukee. The Boston Celtics are traveling to visit the Bucks, Milwaukee is a two-point favorite, and this series is tied one-to-one. This is probably the best matchup in the East this far. Very evenly matched. Giannis versus Tatum. Holiday versus Smart. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a phenomenal series going down the road. I have Milwaukee winning this at home 130-119. to Yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to average... 30 points. He's at 29.9 currently. He's going to hit more than 30 points tonight. Same with Drew Holiday. And this is going to be a very entertaining game going into the fourth quarter. At 8.30 p.m. on ABC in San Francisco, the Grizzlies are in town for the Warriors. This series is also tied one apiece. Golden State is a seven-point favorite. I have Golden State winning at home. Uh, They have Klay Thompson healthy. They have Draymond Green, who's going to be back. They have Steph Curry, who's Chef Curry. No one calls him that anymore. I'm surprised. But Warriors are going to win 124 to 116. They're going to surpass that seven-point differential. Steph Curry is going to have 32 points. I'm calling it 32 points, six assists, and three rebounds. I'm going to call it right now. But Warriors, they're winning this one. And that is the NBA scorecard. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Get So Podcast. Uh, Pretty soon, I will have another guest on with me joining this podcast. I'm not sure when, but I will have one, and stay tuned for that. And then, after this weekend, I will be in Florida, tuning in from the Sunshine State, giving you all the good NBA and NHL games from this up coming weekend stay tuned for that as well i hope everyone has a fantastic weekend enjoy sports in general we'll see you on tuesday